Greetings, everybody. This is a Travel Addict podcast where you can hear candid stories and discussions about business and adventure travel from around the world with activities such as trekking, diving, camping, driving, cruising, and just plain chilling out somewhere. We talk about lots of experiences in places all over the world, including the grand, the remote, the edgy, the risque, and ones of questionable merit. Education, fulfillment, and wonder enrich our lives. And of all the books in the world, the best stories are found between the pages of a passport. Stay tuned. Good morning, everybody. Monday morning, and it's the travel addict here. And I'm going to be talking to a travel addict as well today. Uh, My name is Malcolm Teasdale, of course. With me on the phone or on the Zoom conference is Karen Gershowitz from the great city of New York, Manhattan, I believe. Now, a few things about Karen before we get started. She actually left home at the age of 17 and went over to Europe. We're going to dig down there. And she's traveled to more than 90 countries. So she sounds like a travel addict to me. And uh, she's also a meeting facilitator and uh, marketing researcher, which is interesting. So we'll uh, ask her questions about that. Good morning, Karen. Good morning. Lovely to be here with you. Yeah, well, glad you could join me early Monday morning. Well, you're on Eastern time. I'm on Central time, by the way. That's how, I'm on that uh, little bit area of Florida, which is on Central time. It's a bit strange, but that's that's where we're at. Okay, so I've got a list of questions here uh, about you. The first thing I'm going to ask you is, and I've heard about people doing this before, were you actually born and raised in uh, New York City or somewhere else? No, I was born and raised in Manhattan. Manhattan. I am one of the true New Yorkers, yeah. I, I don't, don't recognize an accent there. Maybe there. I know. Everybody's always surprised about that. But I did live in Europe for several years. I've traveled so much. There's still a hint of a New York accent, but it's not too bad. It's there, yeah. I, I, there's a little. Unlike me, I, I haven't got an accent at all. Karen, you left home at the age 17 and went to Europe Something must have triggered that. So tell me about it. I'm intrigued because that is, to me, it's not normal for um, the typical American to go get out of the country at that age. So something happened. Tell me about it. Well, I'll give you a little bit of background, which is I was a baby boomer and the height of the baby boom, and there were way too many of us. So they pushed us through the school system. So I graduated high school at 15 and went to college, and I was way too young to be in college. It was clear I was way too young. Plus, I was going to Pratt Institute in Brooklyn, which was the epicenter of the Black Panthers in New York. And my best friend was Black. They didn't like that too much. So we had a lot of fairly nasty things happen. And I just had to get out of the city. I had to get out of the city. And basically, I wanted to go as far away as I could go. So crossing the ocean seemed like a good idea. So that was what the the genesis of it was. Well, you could have gone somewhere else in the United States, but I don't know. You no, needed to put an ocean between me. Yeah, so the Atlantic was, Ocean's right there. So you could say, oh, there it is. I could just go across the pond. So you, you Exactly. Flew, so you flew across whatever airline it was back then. Lake or Airways or something, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But um, you have to have funds to do that, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you did it. So where did you go first? Well, I 
my parents had business in the Netherlands. So I thought, well, if I went to the Netherlands, they would think that was okay because they knew it. And um, I got accepted into the Koninklijke Academia de Belkunst, which was the Academy of Fine Arts in The Hague. Mm-hmm. Now, that let me been, tell you that. would that. have been my first guess, yeah. Okay, of carry course. on. Of course. Um, that didn't last too long. It was not the right place for me. And I kind of, I mean, I had been at Pratt, which was at the forefront of conceptual art and doing really interesting things. And here I am in a dusty studio drawing bowls of fruit. It didn't quite work. (laughs) So I picked up and moved to London, which was far more to my liking. And almost instantly met a whole group of British uh, university students. And so that just seemed a great place to settle in. And I did. I ended up spending, spending most of the three years there with lots and lots of weekend trips all over Europe or, you know, week-long trips. Yeah, it's easy to do, was, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, where, whereabouts in London? Bayswater. Bayswater, okay. Uh, I'm trying to think way back when was the London City Airport open back then? So if you flew into Europe... Um, where, no, it was almost always out of either Heathrow or Gatwick. Heathrow or Gatwick, yeah. And Well, they got the city airport now, um, which is obviously in the city somewhere. I've yeah. never flown no, in or was, out of that. that was not... Yeah. Oh, okay. So at least you got an easy choice of, of two airports. So it's easy to get out of town. So you're in Baywater, but you you obviously went into uh, the central London there and uh, hung out for a while. It's obviously it's a great city, actually. Yeah, Bayswater is actually fairly central. It's yeah. it's right by the park, and you know you could actually, if you were so inclined, walk into town. Yeah. But at the time, now it's a very posh neighborhood. It was not that. It was mm. truly not a posh neighborhood. Well, things change over time. Things that oh, were yeah. posh are now posh and vice versa, you know, in, in all different places in the world. Okay, so you, how long were you in London for, living in London? Close to three years. Three, three years, okay. So you, I'm sure you went to a pub or two while you were there. Oh, yeah, many. <laughs> many. Never, on, never but learned to drink, but I never learned to like warm beer. It just didn't do it for me, ever. That Karen is not warm. It's room at temperature. Well, it still didn't work. Okay. I, I was having a beer last night, and it's an old English beer ale called Old Speckled Hen. Right? You've probably never heard of that. It's made in no. northern England somewhere. But I still like I can get it where I live, even in Destin. So there's a place that sells it here. So they, there you go. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm an old ale type of guy. Um, all right. So that's good. So you um, met plenty of Brits while you were there. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. I'm just curious, but... Since you're in London, did you get out of London to go elsewhere in England, like go to Scotland or Wales? Oh, absolutely. I went to Scotland, went to Wales. Um, you name it, I went. Um, if I could get any kind of cheap fare to go somewhere, I went. And plus, I had made friends with you know people who lived all over. So I went to exciting places like Leicester and... Um, up to Hull, you know, just because I knew people there and had families there. And so I had somewhere to stay. So that worked really, you know. So I ended up in a lot of places that most tourists do not exactly rush to. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's easy to get around, obviously, because I've got the, the, the network of trains yeah. and the buses, uh, National Express now. And you can even fly between the cities. It's very easy to get around. And if you drive, of course, well, yeah, well, it's congestion more than anything. 
but obviously city central London now they don't allow cars in there. I, well, last time I checked, which which is fine. I'll be there in June this year, so just going to see the family and uh, looking forward to that. Just renting a cottage in the English countryside for about a month. Perfect. You've been to ninety countries, and I'm assuming based on that quantity, there's going to be obviously Europe, the Americas. Africa and Asia is a bit of each area. South America and yeah, you name it. I've been on every continent except the uh, South Pole. Okay, and, yeah, oh. Antarctica, basically. Uh, yeah, well, okay. The best best to do that probably in a cruise ship. I think you can just sell and buy and get out on the ice for a few hours. Maybe. Obviously, based on where you've been, you're going to have some favorites and places you won't go to again. Are you, are you still doing a fair bit of traveling, or you still have the urge to do it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, um, I during the pandemic I've been crazed because I really didn't want to get on an airplane to go overseas. I did travel in the U.S. I did a lot of road trips in the U.S. Yeah, which I love, by the way. I love road trips. Yeah, um, but did not go. But I currently have plans for doing all kinds of things, and we'll see if they pan out. But. Just I'm, gonna, I'm it, not even going to say what they are. I've got my fingers crossed that they're going to actually happen. Yeah, things are things are lightening up. I spoke to my sister in England at the weekend, and uh, so things are easing there. Funny, see, she just picked up COVID, but just had suffered from two days of tiredness. That was it, and the whole of family uh, picked it up as well. So things are easing up here. The restrictions varies. On a poor country basis, I was over in England last September, went to see my niece who just had a baby, but to get in England was problematic. I'm a Brit and an American, but even though I had a COVID test before I left here, I had to have one when I landed at Manchester Airport, and the water paperwork that I needed to take was unbelievable. And, and then I went elsewhere in Europe and uh, had a great time. We even went to the Ukraine. I went to Kiev. It's on the news lately. I'm not responsible yeah. for what's happening there right now, but gorgeous city. I hope that stays intact. Out of the countries you've been to, what's your favorite? One that I'm going to next. Well, no, your favorite that you've been to. <laughs> no, no, no. My favorite is the one that I'm going to next. Oh, okay. It's very hard to say favorites for different reasons, lots of different places. I have a, a real warm spot in my heart for Greece, particularly Crete. Uh, a group of friends and I used to rent a house on Crete in a little teeny tiny village. Um, total population was under 500, no hotels, but we would rent a house there. And we went every other year, six times, seven times. And so we got to know everybody in the village. Yeah. They'd see us and go, oh, it's the Americans coming. And it was great. Um, very quiet, um, but just you got to really know people and they sort of adopted us and it was great. So I have a very warm spot in my heart for that. Um, I also love many, many places in Asia. I'm, I'm a real Asia fanatic in some ways. Um, Welcome to the club. I, yeah. And there's, there's not, I can't say it's this country or that country, but I really like the, the differing cultures and the people and um, the aesthetic I've been in Japan, I don't know, eight or nine times, mm -hmm. um, partially for business because my business did send me all yeah. over the globe. Um, but but just because I find it fascinating. And, I, and, you know, I was in Korea a number of years ago, and I must go back. I loved, 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 loved Korea. 
Um, you know, and I can say the same thing for Indonesia and Thailand and, you know, pick your country. Um, I'd be happy to go back tomorrow. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful out there. I actually lived in Singapore for two years, uh, mm-hmm. 2007, 2008, which is a great experience, you know, living there and being able to, to travel around on business uh, there. Uh, great culture, great people, lots of stuff to see, of course, yeah. So Crete, I've never been there. Can you tell me a little bit about it? My parents went there when, when they were alive many, many, many years ago, and they said they really enjoyed it. So I, I guess I've... I haven't sort of added that to my bucket list thing of places I want to go to, but maybe sort of look into that a bit more. So, yeah, you've got your favorites. And here's a sort of straightforward question. I always ask people this. I want to say what's the worst place you've been to, but let's just say what's the place you went to that you felt was a little bit overrated. Oh, I I immediately know that. I love Sicily. Do not get me wrong. But I went to Taormina. I will never go back. It is so overcrowded. And Uh, I was not there. And I was not there in the height of the season. I was there really off season. As in all of the roads in Sicily, they were very narrow. We got stuck in an hour traffic jam at the beginning of April. Can you imagine what it's like in July or August? I mean, I just, the thought of it is more than I could cope. There was nowhere to park. I mean, nowhere to park. (laughs) And, you know, there was just, we just finally gave up in disgust. I mean, I never got out of the car when I was there. Wow. And it's, Uh, and and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful setting, but it is so overbuilt and so overcrowded. That's a shame. And I just, you know, it's, it's, it's not anywhere I'll ever go back to. I don't know. I've never been there, but my sister went over there. They, They enjoyed it. But I just wondered where you were there because it was so darn hot. Wherever you stayed, did you have air conditioning in the room? We ended up, we didn't stay there. Oh. We didn't stay there. We had no reservations. So we didn't bother. You know, I, I tend to, if I'm traveling off season, I don't make reservations. I just go. Yeah. And there was, most places were closed or under renovation or they were charging insane amounts of money. I mean, really, really? insane. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we ended up finding a um, an agriturismo on the foot of Mount Etna. And that ended up being quite an experience, but for other reasons. And it was, it was pretty okay. wonderful. Got it. All right. So now apart from Crete, which you've got coming up, what else have you got your eyes on? Um, I absolutely want to go to, um, oh, God, now I'm missing the name of it. Good, Karen. Well, I have I have a trip to Burgundy planned. Um, that's fairly high. Um, I absolutely want to go to um, now. I'm losing it. Not Borneo, New Guinea. Definitely want to go to New Guinea. Uh, Papua that New is, Guinea, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, I'd like to go. I was <laughs> planning to go for a one of my a major birthday yeah. to the South Pacific, and was planning to spend about a month. Um, I would still like to do it. I'm not quite sure when that will happen, but that's a part of the world I've never seen. And I'm curious about it, not going to the really popular places, but to some of the less well-known islands, which are, you know, the Cook Islands and some of the other ones that are supposed to be pretty interesting. Well, Cook Islands in the South Pacific, right? That's what you meant. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's where I got married. Cook Islands, Rarotonga. How about that? 
<laughs> uh, gorgeous. Go. Yeah, they're, they're gorgeous. But we'll go back to um, Papua New Guinea. Thing that put me off a little bit: the crime there can get bad. Uh, what they call yeah. rascals just walking around town there, causing trouble. But if you get out into the jungle area, I imagine that's got to be pretty amazing area there. So that um, and Borneo, well, yeah, there's the north part and the south part. Well, I've been, I've been in Borneo. I've been I've been in the um, Malaysian part of Borneo, which is the northern part. Oh yeah, got Kota Kinabalu. Um, you yeah, we landed there, and then of course you can go off into the rainforest, which is, which is a yep. cool thing to do. Absolutely, yeah. it was yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely, and uh, you can actually trek to to Mount Kinabalu. I didn't do that; I just went in the rainforest. But I was doing scuba diving there, and uh, it's actually uh, uh, superb. But yeah, these are places that not many people think about going to, and that's the beauty of it because you mentioned you know, Sicily, um, then it gets too many people there, but. This is just my feeling, and you may feel the same way. I just want to get away from crowds now. I want to go to places where there's not many people and hang out. I, I live in Destin, so it's pretty crowded here. It's become more popular, so all the tourists are starting to come into town now. So and when that happens in summer, I'm getting out of town, you know? So, <laughs> so yeah. no, no, I'm, I'm of the same mind. I mean, I want to go places that are not the big tourist attractions. Because to me, <clears throat> I mean, I've seen all the, the really big tourist attractions. I don't think there's anything left that I haven't, you know, that somebody would go, it's a must-see. I don't know how you've lived this long and not seen it. Um, so I've seen all of those. Um, and a lot of them I saw when I was very much younger. Yeah. So now I'm interested in meeting people and seeing how they live and being out in the country and, you know, get, getting a sense of what it's like to be in another place and live in another place, um, as opposed to having to go to the must-see attractions, which yeah, I've done. I, I know exactly what you mean. But the main thing, I think what you're saying here is, Karen, this is very educational. Travel is educational because you get to meet people and learn how they live and work and how happy they are or unhappy. But typically, you go to these weird off-the-beaten-track places and you meet people and they're pretty happy with, with everything, right? They oh, wouldn't yeah. have it any other way. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. I mean, what you learn, essentially, is there's not one right way. There are many right ways. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I obviously we live in the States, but uh, it doesn't mean we're the best at everything in the world. And we could all learn from other countries uh, about certain things, and maybe they could learn something about us. But that's the way it is. That's uh, We're just doing it while we can, because there will come a day that um, we won't be able to do it. Well, I have this running joke, which is no longer a joke. I've always said that when I can't physically travel anymore, I'm going to travel virtually. And now that VR is a reality and pretty good, that's my plan. Okay. Well, it's, it's not bad, is it? You just have to do that. I was just looking there when you said about going out of town again. I was just seeing if your, your dog behind you perked, perked up. She's going out of town again. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. It's funny. Yeah, All right, well, now, a dog sitter comes and stays with him, so he, he doesn't mind, and he loves the dog sitters. Yeah, well, they, that's, that's, that's fantastic. Um, now, as far as working, you're a, we'll call a meeting facilitator and a consultant and you help entrepreneurs describe that you arrange meetings between two parties or is that what no. it is? Or, no, I was going to no. say, that's what no, it no. seems like. Go, well, no. go, go ahead. Tell us. No. 
I work on strategic planning and business problem solving. With corporations, you would know every one of my major clients, I guarantee it, um, and also with lots of not-for-profits. And what I do is we convene a meeting. I don't typically do that. I have someone else do it for me, and we rent a space or we work in their offices. Mm-hmm. And we get together the right group of people to talk about and think about issues, <clears throat> to come up with solutions. And sometimes I do interviews in advance um, so that I understand issues. Yep. And then off we go. And I've done it all over the world uh, for all kinds of things. And I'll give you an example of one project that was many years ago, and uh, will not name the client, but <clears throat> big international firm has people all over the globe. And I literally mean probably 80 or 90 countries. And they would put executives, send them all around. Well, the trouble they were, and it's a very expensive thing to do. And they had problems because people were not staying for their full contracts. And they said, help us figure out why and what we should be doing. So I traveled all around the world and not only spoke to the employees, but also the employees' families. And what I found out was the kids were fine because they were in school all day. The spouses, typically women, were miserable for many, many, many reasons. They were not getting the support they needed. I mean, just think about trying to operate a washing machine and the instructions are in Japanese. And they have no idea what to do, nobody to help them. You know, they go into the grocery store, they want to buy soap for the laundry, They end up buying bleach because they can't tell the difference. Anyhow, so I did this whole thing, went, I think, to 10 different countries, spoke to people. Then we convened all the people from the company, from HR, and said, okay, here are the issues now. How do we fix this? Yeah. So that's what I do. Okay, that's that's interesting. I don't know how long ago that was. Um, That was a while ago. Yeah, I was going to say, because more and more now, um, many countries are speaking English, like China teaches their kids at school now. So a lot of people are growing up and knowing the language, which is fortunate for us, right? Yes. So we don't have to sort of learn um, an obscure language, like Dutch, for example. No, Dutch is not obscure. Dutch is, I love the Dutch people. I love Amsterdam. But the Dutch speak their language, but no one else does, and there's a reason for that. Yeah, and they speak. And they nearly all speak fluent English. Exactly, because no one will, will want to learn their language. And I right. mean that in a respectful way. So that's why the Dutch speak English, but that, that's that's just fine. So are you still doing the, this type of function today? No, I've actually retired. You're retired. Um, well, good for I you. I have retired. Um, and I am now <clears throat> busier than I was before. I am mentoring through an organization called SCORE which is a national organization. It's a pretty amazing place, actually, Um, national. And anyhow, I'm in the New York chapter, and I mentor budding entrepreneurs and um, work with a lot of people because I was a consultant for so long with people who want to be consultants. And, you know, some of them have resumes that are far better than mine. And I look at it and go, why do you need me? And then I realize they're brilliant at what they do, but they don't have a clue how to be a consultant. So I teach them. And I also teach a, a whole sl- series of webinars um, about being a consultant and marketing and yeah. so on. So 
I just wondered this. This has come up before with me in regards to talking to people. And when, when I had my company, we sold back in 2013, um, I'll tell you what was really important for success, international business. Now, a lot of companies don't think about that or know how to go about doing it, right? But I think it's a, it's a great thing to do. And uh, uh, once you tell them how to do it, the best ways to do it, then, hmm, never thought of that before. But your organization, what you mentioned, uh, organization you work with is called SCORE, did you say? Yeah. Okay. Is that like the Small Business Administration? It's, it is a an offshoot of the Small Business Administration. Oh, it's okay. affiliated with it. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're keeping busy then. Oh, yeah. Oh, and wow. I'm writing another book. Well, there the you go. The publisher has already accepted my next book. <laughs> yeah, keep writing. You got to keep writing, and oh yeah, and this is. I tell you why I think this is good because I I started, but my mother convinced me years ago, and she said when she was alive, uh, she would have been one hundred and one today, actually, <laughs> believe it or not. But she said, Malcolm, why don't you write a book? And I said, Why? She said, Well, so you could remember all this stuff you're doing at a later age sort of a selfish thing. I thought, well, actually, that's a great thing to do. So I started, my first book was back in, oh God, beginning of this century, many, many, many years ago, about mainly about business travel. And sometimes I just had nothing to bet else to do. I'd just read a couple of chapters from that. I said, I did that, you know, and survived. You know, that's the coolest thing about it. If you sell some along the way, that's fine, but you're writing them, but it's an achievement getting one complete, isn't it? Oh yeah, a lot yeah. of work. A lot of work. Huge amount of work. And if you think, if you get so confident in that, try an audible book. Yeah. I huh. just did did one, and I wanted to pull my hair out. I ain't got that much hair to start with, but. <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm thinking about it, but I haven't done it yet. So. Okay, well, good luck uh, when you do. So, uh, apart from all these uh, travel stuff, you're going to start traveling more uh, this year, which is good. And you've got the, uh, the company stuff going on. So you don't have much time to spare. And if I'm looking at your website right now. It's quite informative, actually, Karen. And I'm looking at the page where it said Travel Mania. And this is Stories of Wonderless. And it shows me some of the places you've been to. Okay. And that's chapter one is, is about you growing up, I guess, right? Yeah. And uh, coming through first and then. Trips up to Canada. My first international trips. Canada. At age six. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. We got to go somewhere. Mine was to the Channel Islands, Guernsey or something. And uh, we, my parents flew us down to the island of Guernsey and old Vickers Vanguard plane, prop plane. Anyway, that's a lot, long time ago. But yeah, so these are chapters of what you've been up to. And uh, I'm going to pick a couple of places out here, if I may. Immersion Indonesia, 1992. Where in Indonesia? Well, um, I was celebrating a decade birthday, and I celebrate in a big way. So I took six months off and spent three of them in Indonesia and started in um, all the way west um, and move, moved east and went to um, uh, Sumatra and Java and Bali oh, yeah. and um, the one that's, uh, I can't think of the name of it. Anyhow, I had some astounding experience. I think I went to six islands. Yeah. Over uh, the course of 
Oh, over the course of a couple of months, yeah. Excellent, yeah. Great experience. That's on my list to do this year. To um, I, I do scuba diving, but one of the nature's wonders is in Indonesia called Raja Ampat. It's a big nature preserve there. Great for scuba divers. Google it and you'll see what I mean there. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, now, you went to Tanzania, is that right? I did. Okay. Uh, that was a long time ago. Did you go to the Serengeti? Yes. Okay. Um, this was uh, went on a tour from a company that had just started and um, it was an interesting experience because they had no idea what they were doing, but we were <laughs> camping the entire time and we camped in the Serengeti and we camped in the Ngorogoro crater yeah, near there. Was... <clears throat> and we camped out where the Maasai live in one of near one of their villages and got to meet an entire group of Maasai, which was You'll read the chapter. It's a fun yeah. experience, yeah, including including having one of the a teenage kids and with his two buddies, and we're in the river because we've just driven miles over dusty roads, and we're trying to wash off. And he thinks this is really interesting. He's never seen anyone do this. So he gets in the water with us, and he sees we're shampooing our hair. So he takes the bottle of shampoo, puts it in. Well, red bubbles start coming out because they put in ochre and oil. Yeah. It looked like there was blood just flowing down the river. Oh my word. And on the and on the shore, his two friends were laughing to the point that they they were literally holding their sides and they had spears and pounding them into the ground because they thought this was so funny. And I thought, good God, I hope this guy thinks it's funny or we're gonna get killed. People have sense of humor all over the road. Maybe maybe oh, yeah. different, but it's just good to, to see um, the tribe there all just laughing about something. Probably do it all the time. We're just not aware of it. So that's a good learning experience. But yeah. And hopefully if all goes well, um, I asked you about that area because it's obviously worth seeing. Uh, I'm going to be there in August. I'm going to, to the, Namibia, going to the desert in Namibia, then flying yeah. across to uh, Tanzania and uh, stay Stay in the Serengeti. They got lodges there now, so we won't. I know. So, look, looking forward to that. Yeah, I mean, a lot of your stories here are from all different places in the world. You've even got one called "Traveling in Fear" in Brazil. Yes, which was a business trip. I first went to Rio, had a great time, and then I went to Sao Paulo for business. And unfortunately, my client is very wealthy, a very wealthy corporation. Put me up in the best hotel in Sao Paulo. This was a mistake because the second you walk out the door, you're a target. And so they gave me, they read me the riot act about what I could and could not do. Nothing ever happened, but I was so spooked by what they had told me that I literally went from my hotel to meetings and back. back, back and the yeah. security to get into my clients' offices was like nothing I have ever seen yeah. anywhere on the globe. It was just frightening what they thought they needed to protect themselves. And it was yeah, a financial institution. And and it was I, I as I, since before or after, I have never seen anything like that security. I know what you mean. I was in Rio for work one day and the general manager of the company I was meeting with told me he said, Hey Malcolm. Don't go wandering around the streets by yourself here. And I said, well, why? He said, well, you're a gringo. 
And you, you know how the term gringo came about probably, but I was in Rio. I thought, I've got to see this place. So I, I ignored it. I did walk around, but I felt safe. Then one of the local guys took me to a soccer game there. And that was very edgy, I may say. The two main rivals of the city were playing each other. And uh, yeah, and that's why we got out of the game 10 minutes before the end, because I stick out like a sore thumb. Take your watch off, Malcolm. Take your rings off. Yes. You know, um, so I can understand that. And there's, a, there's obviously a place close to Rio called City of God. And that's, you don't venture in there by yourself, of course. But Absolutely. I think if you're pretty sensible, it'd be all right. But I understand what you're saying there. You know, you've got to, you've was, got to be. I think if, they, if I hadn't stayed at that hotel, I would have been okay. Yeah. But that hotel absolutely marked me. And in the hotel, the instructions in the hotel yeah. about security. And every elevator landing had a security person. And you had codes for everything. Ah, dear, dear. You know, ah. I was like. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, well, one more place I'm going to mention to you about, Dubai. Oh, yeah. Love Dubai. Want to go back. I know lots of people who do not love it. I loved it. Yeah, I did not. I was there during Ramadan. Well. But they said, well, now we'll, we'll find a place that can, you, we can get you a beer. But <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just, it's financially rich, what I thought was culturally poor. And oh. But I probably, you know, that may be a bit harsh. And would I go no, no, back no. in there? It is. Yeah. The, 97% of the population, 97% i believe it is are not actually from dubai they're from other places it's some huge percentage that's amazing but it's an enormous percentage what i loved about it is i'm I'm an architecture buff and they have astounding architecture oh haven't they just oh and you know so i want to go back and see you know I, i was there i don't know eight or nine years ago i want to go back in another four or five years and see what else has gone up because the it's with that much money and that much freedom to build whatever you want to build, yep. there is some astounding buildings. There. Oh, it's absolutely. Astounding. Do you go to the top of the Burj? Burj of um, course. Yeah, what, 124 floors? It's, and you get oh, the elevator, you're there in, what, 30 seconds? It's Oh, yeah. And yeah. You, you look down on skyscrapers. It's, it's such a weird thing, but it's uh, – it's, it's <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I I I was I had a bad time there, but it was just uh, you know I was on my way to Asia. Well, we went. We also went to the Burj Al Arab. Anyhow, one one of the not just the not the tower, but there's another hotel that's the most supposedly the most expensive hotel on the globe, and we went there for drinks, and they have a bar up, I don't know, the very top floor. with views that are to take your breath away. And we were there right at sunset. And let me tell you, it's worth it. Okay. Go up there. Okay. You're trying to talk me into it, Karen. All right. Yeah. Well, never know. <laughs> well, that's great. Yeah, we'll keep on traveling. I just wondered if people out there are obviously probably intrigued by what you have to say. And uh, and I know you've got your website, which is karengershawitz.com. And there's a, you've got various subtitles there about the blog, Travel Mania, and some testimonials, and you've been in the media also. But what else would you like to, um, if you want people to get hold of you for a chit-chat or just uh, talk about anything, how can they get hold of you? Uh, they can email me. The email is um, pretty simple, Gershowitzkaren 
at gmail.com. So feel free to email me if you want to. Um, read the book. Book's fun. Um, and on the website, by the way, that you mentioned, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of photos. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, I just, under I, Travel I just Mania, the surface, yeah. Yeah, there are, you know, you read a chapter, you can see the pictures that go with it. And, yeah, I noticed uh, that because you write, um, you said, 100 words a day or a little essay about right. somewhere on the planet, which is cool. This is a cool thing to do. So this is part of your virtual travel thing, is it? You, you yes. learn about a place, then you write a little bit about it. That's a cool thing to do. Yep, yep. And, you know, you can find me on Facebook and LinkedIn. I'm everywhere, basically. Twitter. It's like, <laughs> you can spend half of your life on social media. I try not to. But exactly. nevertheless... I do. I do write my hundred words every day about okay. something. Well, don't get too buried in social media because it may prevent you from traveling somewhere. No, that's never going to happen. <laughs> that's that's, I've got my priorities straight, and the traveling is way more important than social media. You got it. Especially the older we get, you know, you, you can just see it. there'll be like there will be this time that's going to happen. He said, you know, I, can't, I just don't want to get on a plane again or, or something like that. I don't know. And, or, or as I say to people, I said, I'll probably die on the job. I could be in some obscure location and that'll be it somewhere. So we'll, we'll just have that's to see. That's not a way to go. I, I would go with that one. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. yeah that terrible, would work for me. Yes. Yeah, I, like- I intend to keep going. As long as I can physically go, I'm going. Sounds sort of disrespectful to your family, doesn't it? When you said, look, if I go somewhere and I die out there, so, so be it. Oh, I, I know that, uh, that that that's what we're like when we travel addicts, I guess. Well, all right, Karen, thanks for being here. And, oh, my uh, pleasure. And thank and, you for uh, having me. This is fun. All right. Well, all good stuff. We could talk for a long, lot longer. I, I realize that. I'm going to peruse more over your website here and uh, read about some of these stories. And uh, it, there's one about Ma, Myanmar there as well, which <laughs> that, that's another episode in my life, which I'll remember, but not to get into too much detail now, but it's uh, I, I'll, I'll read more about uh, your travels there. So, uh, well, best wishes to you and uh, don't leave that's it too good. long before you get out of town again. Okay. Thanks so much and, and happy travels. Same to you. See you later. Bye-bye. Many thanks for joining me today. This is Malcolm Teasdale signing off. Before I do, please check out my website, MalcolmJTeasdale.com, for more information about my travels around the world. Okay, folks, talk to you later. Bye for now. Stay safe. We'll be right back.